All right, welcome back to the Hit Factor, everyone. We are excited to bring you another weekly podcast. And this week is a good episode. We've got Area 4, Jeff and Sasquatch were at Area 4. And so we've got updates from that match. But we also have our Nationals predictions, which, uh, I mean, I get excited about Nationals predictions. I don't know if like everybody else does just because... I love the speculation. I love like the sports talk radio type deal. And so getting to do that in our sport a little bit is fun. Uh, and this year's nationals and the super squads and everything is, is going to be interesting to see how that, how that, uh, yeah. Ends up. For sure. Yeah. There's some, just some crazy things that have changed this year with like different divisions becoming more popular and up and coming shooters that we've never heard of beating people that, did really well last year. Uh, so it's going to be really difficult in like CO and stuff to to make any sort of prediction. So it'll be fun discussing, hashing it out. Yeah, for sure. So area four first, uh, you guys were there. Uh, I've heard, I've heard at least good stuff about the match. Um, I mean, after hearing that it's a great match, you're always kind of sad that you're not there, but yeah, it, it was probably good that I wasn't there. So, uh, Sasquatch. Yeah, the the stages were good and and it ran well. And you <laughs> like it? Good talk, no. uh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so. Stages were hard. They were freaking hard, dude. I mean, there was like a couple ones that were. I guess it was a good mix, honestly. But there were some freaking hard stages. So, in hard, in what way? Like what? Why were they hard? Well, there were two things that that made stages really difficult uh, from my perspective, and that was like wide transitions to like the targets were really far and spread out. Mm, yeah. Um. So you would have like a, a wide field of targets, and none of them were really close together, and then you'd have some that were pushed way back. And then you'd have like a no shoot on one of those. And so it was just, it was really hard to like throttle, throttle up. Uh, and if you did, you got, you got punished for it. Uh, it was a difficult match, I thought. But Yeah, I feel like that, like the wide transitions with any sort of distance to the target is tough mentally because it feels so slow. Because it's not like you're getting into a ray and like you're shooting in any sort of rhythm, right? It's like, bam, bam, and then there's like a big pause because you're transitioning to a twenty yard partial. Yeah. I would, uh, and then you know, so like it feels super slow, and you can really get baited. To me, like that's an easy place to get baited into, like trying to push stuff um, and slinging slinging shots like in the trolleys and deltas. Which I guess Jeff, you you kind of did that pretty well, putting putting bullets in the the C zone. God, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jared, go ahead. Try so, your spiel in. So with him, like, uh, on the target difficulty, and it wasn't, you know, it's important to say that, like, it had good difficult targets, but they weren't dumb. It wasn't just like, oh, let's put this headshot at 20 yards that's, you know, a dumb target. It was difficult shooting by how the target presentations were, the depth that you know, the various depth the targets were at. So, like, you might be transitioning from a uh, from a fifteen yard open paper to you know a 
a 20 yard open paper back to like a, a 10 yard partial or something. Like it was, it was burying depth of the targets. And then, you know, strategically putting no shoots in spots that's, you know, it's like, this is the target I really want to come in on, but you know, there's open targets right beside it. And most importantly, it wasn't, it wasn't just like, Oh, here's four targets side by side by side or, or barely spread out to shoot. It was a lot of, you know, good breakdowns where you could shoot to 10 once you could shoot, you'd want to shoot to 10 sometimes, or you'd be moving without just, you know, you wouldn't be reloading every time you move because you might shoot, you know, six shots here and, and do a 180 transition and shoot, you know, two shots and then reload and shoot 10 shots, you know, five feet farther down or whatever. It was just a, a good mix and it wasn't a bunch of hosey stuff, but there, it wasn't just like, an accuracy only match. So there was certainly some fast shooting in the match too. On a couple of the short courses were, were real fast. Um, and the swingers were, were well set where they were difficult without, you know, without being like crazy where no one could shoot them. So they were all, I don't think there was any swingers that were set where you were like shooting them on the bottom of an arc where it was just a give me shot. It was all, you know, taking them on the top of the barrels were, I don't. I don't think there was a single swinger that was that I took in a single pass. I think every swinger I shot on two passes. I thought you said USPSA doesn't do that. It used to not be that way. This this match, <laughs> on, honestly, like the overall the difficulty and stuff. This match, it was it was very similar to what I shot in Wisconsin. So, okay. So you've had two good matches in a row. Yeah. I mean, as far as like the like the match that that was put on the ground. Yeah, and I mean o- overall, like. I was not upset with my shooting. Uh, I certainly didn't execute how I should have on day two, but I was not. I was not mad with my shooting. I mean, I was accurate. I was hitting the stuff. I wasn't doing a ton of makeup shots. You know, I wasn't having dumb problems. I just shot way too conservative on day two, and it it amplified mistake. You know, like one mistake just gets super amplified when you do stuff like that. Yeah, so just to, to let the listeners in, uh, Jeff did beat Sasquatch again for Jeff's last match of the year. Uh, it was like one and a half percent, I think, like thirty points. Is that am I am I remembering correctly? I don't know. Oh, uh, one of you knows exactly what. There's there's no. I Jeff, you know what it was. I actually don't know because all I know is that I won by eight points because there was a guy between us so i i won by like less than half a percent yeah what was that guy's name i had never i had never heard of him it, i mean it is i'm not saying I the guy's not s- american but it, like the name was not like it, yeah it I, I can't even Ro- say his roman last name roman something i i have no idea the pronunciation try to say it try to say stab it, at it jared no it looks like a cat walked across the keyboard, honestly. No, hold on. Okay, that's, 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 that's a little racist. That was rough. Um, yeah. oh, I'll try to say it. It's, I, I kind of feel like I, I practiced it a couple times. Let me get another look at it. Did you? Okay, uh, we can all try to say it. And we 100% apologize if, if this guy is a listener, if somebody's a friend of this guy, like, and he wants to just roast us, then please, you, you even know, please do. Human knows, knows who it is because he was Oh, no, I got it. I got it. It's Roman Vrublevsky. Vrublevsky, okay. You think the V the, the V in the first the first letter is silent? You think it's Rublevsky? 
That's kind of what no. I was thinking. Vrublevsky. Vrublevsky. I, I feel like Vrublevsky. I feel like Jeff's trying to add like a Russian accent to it, which well, I, mean, I feel like I would I guess feel like Russian. that name is supposed to be said with some sort of accent. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think you're anyway, right that it is a Russian last name, though. And he anyway, sh- he looks like he shot very well. Yeah, Roman shot very well, and I was only ahead of him by eight eight points. So very close, and you got me by sixteen. Yeah, and so and my boy, my buddy from Canyon, uh, was fourth. Brett Thomas uh, is a buddy of mine from Canyon, so he oh, was really? fourth at at a ninety three percent. Solid performance as well. So he had a, I think that might be his last match of the year. Um, he's a cool guy, good shooter too. For sure. Nice. Uh, well, so, con- also to, to, to get into the stat, uh, and yeah, so Jeff beat uh, Sasquatch by it was one point one four percent, and it was sixteen match points, sixteen and a half match points. If I carry the decimal place, um, mm-hmm. the interesting yeah. thing is, as close as they were in points, Jeff was seventeen <laughs> seconds faster, and I lost the time on day two, like. I, I was, we were pretty close on all the stage times except for my day two stages. So, what's up with that? Shot too conservative on day two, man. I, I came out and I just was shooting points, but I wasn't, I needed to be a little more aggressive. So, like, I was still putting up decent stages because, you know, I was shooting like two Charlies, you know, I was two or three points down on each stage, but was too conservative. So, on the third stage of the day, I shot a, a mic onto a hardcover target. The problem was, this couple people put up, laid up some pretty good times on that stage, and I shot it a little conservative, had the mic, so not only did I have a mic, but I was like five or six seconds off the pace on that stage, so it just Oof. like decimated mm-hmm. my score. It was like a 66% or something stage run, so it was, a, it was a ton of points lost on one stage, and had I shot a little more aggressively and probably given up a few more points and everything else, the hits probably would have stayed about the same on that stage, but the times would have been better and it probably would have netted a better result. But I think somebody told you the morning of Sunday morning to (laughs) go fast. I I was just shooting, man. I just shooting. Like it came out on the first stage. I just shot it. It went well, shot the second stage. It went well. Third stage, unfortunately was one where I needed to be a lot faster. And then I shot, uh, Shot a mic on one of the hardcover. I just pushed, uh, pushed, called the shot good. And it was like, I don't know, a quarter inch into the hardcover on a skunk target. It was like, yeah, should have, should have shot a third one on that one. So, I mean, you said that you're like, you shot too conservatively. Like, was that like you consciously shot too conservatively or you like, you just couldn't hit the gas or you knew after that you didn't know until after the fact that, oh, I was just being too conservative. I really didn't know until that stage I was being too conservative because my first two stages before that one were, were still strong finishes. Like it was like a 90% and 98% and cause I was shooting good points on them. So I wasn't too concerned there. Unfortunately, that one is one where it really bit me hard. And then I shot the last stage pretty hard and it was like a 95. It was a solid run competitive time. But I, I think uh, to Jeff, I gave up with C six, uh, nine, give up 13 points on the, or 13 seconds on the first three stages. So certainly off the time. And then, uh, 
I gave up a little bit of points on one stage the day before where I had a, a couple malfunctions on a stage, but otherwise, like the shooting speed and stuff on day one was good. Day two was too conservative. So basically you're saying you beat Jeff. No, not saying I beat <laughs> Jeff. I'm saying I did not do the right things to put myself in a position to win. So how how are did. we going to – because I feel like this has been like your – I mean, there's been a couple themes for the year, but part of your theme for the year is that you've, you're have you shooting too conservatively. Like you're not putting the hammer down. I need like, more bullets in the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Like so, you're so you're just scared of shooting the gun dry. No, it's not just running the gun dry, but it's just being too safe shooting minor. Like it's it's disconnecting, like ten rounds in minor from from how aggressively you, you shoot. It's too easy to get trapped and just like shooting the sights and shooting the pace and not not letting yourself shoot where you know you can shoot. And it's probably. As much as anything, it's probably a case of just like I need to be shooting more, probably than anything. Like I just haven't, I haven't done a lot of like hosing shooting or anything, like just aggressive shooting and training. I've uh, been pretty light on that kind of stuff and focused on more just the broad spectrum of shooting. So you're gonna do a hmm. lot of hosing before nationals? Uh probably. I'll probably shoot. I probably will, especially with the CO gun because. CO is definitely going to have to be shot a lot faster. Uh, yeah, for sure. But no, Jeff Jeff shot a very good match. Uh, unfortunately, I could not give him the run for his money that I would have liked to have, but earned a strong I mean, victory I, I, there. I would say you, you did. It was a pretty dang close match. So Yeah, it was, it was not too far off. I, I, and... Probably the most irritating thing is, you, like, when I shot that mic and, and saw the score, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Jeff's got it. Like, there's no way, unless he did something really stupid today, like, there's no way that I would get back ahead of him. And, unfortunately, I think I had four stage wins. I think I had stage wins on every stage you shot on day two. I think I held all four stage wins, too. Yeah, so I like, don't know. So, like, the, the those runs were all good. And, yeah. and would have would have put me in a good position had I just shot the same way the day before. But laid up a little too much. Jeff continued shooting the way he was. That's why he got first place, and and I fell all the way back to third. So maybe. Um, so the the night before Area Four, uh, Sasquatch and this is what I've heard. I've been told that Sasquatch <laughs> and Corey Carner. Uh, each had a pitch had a pitcher of margaritas each, and then I think Sasquatch had maybe another beer or two on top of that, like three or four, not very many, three or four. And then the going into Sunday night, I think you maybe only had like one beer. I did. So <laughs> maybe maybe Sasquatches need the alcohol for their performance to go higher, whereas normal people the alcohol is usually a bit of an inhibitor. You that that is a good point. Maybe maybe there wasn't enough alcohol in my blood system. So picture of margaritas every night at nationals. Yeah, that's a theory. <laughs> margaritas are too sweet. Like I didn't want any more margaritas after the first picture. Should have gotten the first picture. Jeez. <laughs> you know, Corey Carter has always told me that he doesn't drink, but it sounds like that's not the case. 
I can get him drinking with me once in a while. Not very yeah. often. Yeah, I would have that would have been, I feel like, an entertaining night. Uh speaking of the night before the match, we'll let Jeff talk about his match a little bit, but uh how was the floor, Jeff? I got an air mattress, so it was great. Oh, he had an air mattress. So Jeff is so cheap that I didn't go to Area Fork. He was planning on bumming off me on my car ride and the gas. He had to drive himself three and a half hours. I'm sure that was just terrible. It's only uh, two hours. Oh, only two hours. I'm sure that was that was tough on you. And uh <laughs> instead of getting his own hotel room, he's like Hey Sasquatch, can can I sleep on your floor? Because I don't want to spend any money. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went, right? Yeah, exactly. So I went yeah. to Walmart and I got the the cheapest hand pump and the cheapest air mattress. So I spent twenty two dollars, and uh, I slept on the floor for two nights. The best part is, is I messed with Corey Connor. I didn't I didn't tell him that Jeff would stay there. So oh. <laughs> we walked the stages. <laughs> And we get back and Jeff just shows up and walks in with a duffel bag. He's like, I'm sleeping here with you. <laughs> it was great. That was that was the best part. I, that is exactly why I let him stay in the room. Did you plop down in Corey's bed when you did that? I, I threw my duffel bag on his bed and I pointed beside him. That would like have a, been awesome. I like would actually a- wish it would have been better if you hadn't had an air mattress at all. And you just, y'all just didn't bunked up. He went and yeah, I didn't it. at the time. Oh. <laughs> I went better. and bought one. Yeah, I went and bought one after we had dinner. That's awesome. If, you, if you'd have said something, I could have brought you one. Ah, it's good. It turned out all right. I slept great. Had a good match. It's all good. I mean, I had an okay match. And I had, actually, I had a shitty match, but <laughs> it turned out okay. Yeah, so Jeff's is your last major of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, how, like, how do you like? You finished your year. How do you feel about the match? How do you feel about your year? Uh, I mean, overall, it was like, man, I would have really liked to train more this year and shoot more and gotten better this year. Um, yeah, just it was a funky year for me, man. Just a funky year, but. Uh, the match outcomes were, I would think, as good as I could possibly expect, honestly, um, for what I was able to put into it this year. Probably beyond what I should expect, honestly. Um, but this match, I was just super confident going into it. I was feeling really good about some some things I'd been working on in practice as far as uh, recoil tracking. And then I got into the match, and basically from stage three, like the first two stages were the shortest stages of the match, and I shot those great, great runs. Uh, Great runs for being cold runs. And uh, so I was feeling really good after those. And then from that point forward, like I could not get a handle on shooting alphas. I shot so many Charlies. Like I had three stages with over 10 Charlies and one of those stages, my very worst stage of the match, I had 10 Charlies, a Delta and a Mike. Uh, so it was rough as far as that. And then I, yeah, I just could not get it back on the rails as far as shooting alphas, man. I mean, I had a couple stages where I would randomly get like three Charlie and a Delta 
Um, but for me, it, it was fighting that the whole time. Mentally, I was just, I was trying to figure out why I couldn't punch alphas like the whole match. I, and I could not figure out what was going on. So afterwards, uh, really when I got home after the match was over, I was like, what was going on? So I was like, really like almost trying to get into like a meditative state, like trying to think back during the match, like what I was seeing, what sight pictures I was seeing. And the only thing I could remember was like first shots. Yeah. I couldn't remember any follow-up shots. Um, so I was like, well, maybe I just wasn't aiming my follow-up shots. Um, maybe, you know, by the time I fired the first shot, I was lo- starting to look at the next target. Uh, maybe I was transitioning too fast. Maybe that's why I shot the match 20 seconds faster or eight, 17 seconds faster or whatever. It's because I was, I was rushing second shots the whole match. I don't know. Um, so it sucks that it's the end of the year and that's not something that I'll get to work through and get another chance at tackling at a major this year, but that's where I was. Couldn't get a handle on it. Just shot a shitload of Charlies and, uh, dropped a lot of freaking points. The next day on the second day, I told my squad mates that I had a 25 Charlie quota. It's like, I can't go over 25 Charlies and I For shot exactly four <laughs> and I shot exactly 25 Charlies plus deltas and a mic. Um, so yeah, it, it was not my best performance, honestly. Like I shot way better at Bighorn, way better. Um, yeah, it is what it is. I, I don't mean to take away from anybody that did well in production and, and had a good percentage. I don't mean to take away from anybody, but just me being open about my performance, laying it all out there. Like it, uh, it was not what I wanted. It's not how I wanted to go out. Yeah. So, yeah. One thing I would point out too is like perception can be very tough too when you're deciding like how you actually shot. Cause like you, you feel, I know you feel like you dropped a lot of points and stuff. But most importantly, you didn't shoot a lot of penalties. And, like, if you scroll through, like, the top five in Limited, man, man, they were, like, all shooting, like, four, five penalties. Like, like four mics and a no-shoot, four mics and two no-shoots, five mics and stuff like that. So, it was certainly a very difficult match, for, for the, especially for the Iron Sight Divisions. So I think it's important to keep a little bit of perspective there as well. Like, yeah, you're shooting a lot of Charlies and Deltas. But you didn't drop a lot of mics, which would have been very easy to do in this match when you're shooting a lot of Charlies and Deltas. I, I agree. It's just like, co- again, comparing it to Bighorn, Bighorn was a very similar match as far as targets being far away and the difficulty being similar in that way. Um, so that's that's kind of why I was feeling like I should be shooting better points because I just went to this other match and I was like, threading a needle man like i shot so freaking good at that match well compared to this match you know at the time i was like yeah it was an okay match and then i come shoot this one and i'm like damn i shot good at that match uh but you know is what it yeah is. i mean i think there i mean there is definitely something to be to be learned from if you can be aggressive and avoid the big mistakes you can you can drop some charlies and still 
still have a decent match. Um, yeah, I mean, and it, that's that's uh, like you look at my results here, and that's like I only had two stage wins. Like Jared said, uh, like all the ones he put up held. I, I didn't take any away from him, uh, so I had two stage wins, and that was it. But I also didn't have any placings lower than eighth on any stage. Um, so it just it was consistent, consistently mediocre. That was my like, game. That's that is your game. <laughs> and like, like I was talking, it, it, com- it comes back to, you know, you, you shot aggressive, which was something I failed to do. So, like, you're talking about the one stage where you shot, you know, a bunch of Charlies and a mic, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, oh, I don't know where that went. Um, but you were still a very sporting time on it, so you were like 83%. We're on the same token, the stage I was talking about where I shot yeah. a mic on day two. I shot pretty conservative on that stage and had a, had two Charlies and a mic and it was a 66% run because the time was so far off. Yeah. Like yeah. the hits probably wouldn't change that much to shoot aggressive because that was, that mic was into the hardcover was purely an issue with where I was aiming or pulling the trigger, which on that case, that was a, definitely a pulling the trigger one. And if I would have been aggressive or more aggressive, everything you'd be doing, everything you do ends up being faster when you're being a little more aggressive. And yeah. that, that same marksmanship error might have still been there, but good hits would have still been good hits. It, it was, it would likely wouldn't have changed the hits much, but would have saved me a lot of time. But over the course of a, several stages, ends up costing you a lot of points. It's basically an unscored error in, in easy terms. Yeah, and I would say like this, uh, not the, probably not this year, but last year, it's kind of something that I took away from Jeremy's shooting uh, is like, you can't slow down, honestly. Like, you can't be stupid, but you can't slow down because then when you do make an error, it, it's double the hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, yep. uh, it's, it's double the penalty because you... You've already given yourself a slow penalty, and now you got a real penalty. Uh, so, after I kind of had that realization from from discussions with Jeremy and whatnot, um, like I can pretty much roll through having a mic or a no shoot, and like it almost almost doesn't phase me to have a penalty like that. I can almost like don't even feel it. Like hmm, that's a stage, next stage. Um, not quite there which I don't know if anyone will ever really get there, but like I'm pretty damn good at saying, oh, well, next stage. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, that's usually beneficial. Um, and I think a little bit to like the stats kind of reflect uh, where Jeff is feeling like he didn't have a good match, like just comparing production versus limited, which you like, you can't do them straight up, but. Shane Coley was 40 seconds faster. Okay. Um, and so, like, like yes, Limit is going to be faster than production. And he shot basically the exact same number of Alphas and Charlies. He had a couple more mics. Um, but everything else, he had basically the same numbers of hits that Jeff did. Um, so, yeah, Jeff wasn't – you know, I'd expect a guy – like, if Ben showed up shooting that match in production, you know, he might have been 15, 20 seconds behind Coley shooting Limited maybe. Um, 
and and that yeah. may be too that may be too much. Um, so I mean, I think Jeff, you're somewhat right in feeling like like I was trying to be aggressive, but I was I was shooting points down. It wasn't like you were being like crazy super aggressive, like crazy super times, and just being sloppy. Like like no, you were kind of times where you're at, but yeah, your hits probably should have been a little bit better um, for how you were shooting at that point. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, you know, winning the match obviously softens the blow. It, it's nice to to shoot shitty and still win. But yeah, was there some sort of like cat meow reference on the trophy? Is that what you sent me a picture of? Yeah, it was like Those super troopers. Super troopers. <laughs> that was the theme, I guess. I don't yeah, know that the, I've ever watched that all the way through. All, honestly, all the stage <laughs> names were like lines out of the movie too. Wow. That's, I mean, it's kind of awesome. It's just kind of very typical Oklahoma. Too. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, as, as we wrap up on Area 4, though, we'll point out uh, Area 4 director is Chad Stanton. And as typical, the match that I've shot from him, he does he does a good job putting a match together. Um, so I, I don't think I've shot one of his matches that I've been disappointed in yet. He's continued that trend. Yeah. So okay. So the, any any uh, complaints? Any things like okay? I wish this would, could have been better. Uh, I do think maybe a little bit later start time might be better for that range specifically. Uh, so I've shot Tulsa several times, but I've never I've never shot there at this time of year where we started at the time we were, and the sun was certainly a challenge on the first stage of the morning. For pretty much everyone, the way it was coming up over the berm, it was it was hard. Like on my first, I had a mic on my first stage on the first day, and like I wasn't even mad about it because it was a, a partial target where the sun's coming over the berm, and I'm like, like I had no idea that I missed that target. I couldn't see it. It's like I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, it, it is what it is. So it wasn't my fault, and I think a lot of people uh, struggled with the sun. So it was something that might be you might want to consider in the future or they might want to consider maybe a little later start time or something if they're hosting a match this time of year. So what yeah. what was the start time and then what time did y'all get finished each day? Uh, start time was eight. And I actually don't remember what time I got back to the hotel on. Well, we were done at like, I think two forty something like that. Oh, wow. On the and there was there was there was no like afternoon squad like like pretty much everybody was no. done no. in the afternoon. So he he does a little different format. You shoot like four or five stages, take lunch and shoot like two or three more stages or something. Three more stages, maybe three bays. Yeah. Um. So you're out of there. I I probably back at the hotel like four or four thirty or something on the first day after the first day, and then the next day you shoot basically four bays and then awards is after. So. I think I got home like 6 p.m. It's like a four-hour drive from Tulsa to my house. So, like, we were certainly yeah. – and I stayed for awards, so we were certainly out of there in a timely manner. Yeah, that that would probably be my main thing about it, um, if you could avoid it. Like, if you could you could start at 10. I mean, I know it's going to run into other issues, but you're not going to finish late. Um, yeah, I if, mean, sounds like you got plenty of time. Even an hour later, right? Even yeah. even pushing yeah. it to nine. Yeah, uh, an hour later would have been much better. 
Yeah, I think you could put, if you push it to nine, it would probably resolve that. And, and I mean, I purely bring that up as just a constructive criticism. It's something that could easily be fixed. Right. I mean, also, it's not though, like it, it's not like rain. It's not like super wind. It's, it's something you know is something happens. So you can, you can kind of prepare for it ahead of time. Yeah. And it, you know, it's going to be different for different times of the year. It's just yep. this time of year, the sun stays lower uh, yeah. in the morning. So it, it happened to be the, the perfect storm, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it was brutal though. It was brutal both mornings for a stage or two. Yeah. Yeah, and they shot all day Friday and have to deal with that. For I mean, they don't they had to deal with it once, not not yeah. two different times, right? Yeah, the trade off is they had to shoot thirteen stages in one day, which is also brutal. So, yeah, it is a long day. But I mean, otherwise, I didn't personally encounter or or see any other issues as far as how stuff was working. Like there wasn't a bunch of there was a, maybe a little bit of backup on the double bay on the first day, but it didn't look like it was an issue on the second day. So I think it probably just got a little behind at some point in time. Otherwise, the stuff, stuff ran well. I mean, Chad's been around a long time. He's ran a lot of matches. He has a good idea what he's doing. He does a good job. Yeah, and uh, I think all of the the poppers were just like the normal rearward falling, uh, the ones that are just like lean forward and set set against a screw. Yeah, and then they just fall back when you hit them, and I mean they must have stayed on top of them. That's all because I never saw any, I never even saw anybody have an issue. So yeah, I didn't see a single popper issue either. Also, the ground is the ground is hard as hell right now because it's so dry. But. Yeah, those stakes aren't moving anywhere when they drive them into the ground. Well, cool. Sounds like a good match. Yeah, it was good. Real quick, let's uh, let's go through who won the divisions, just like top three. Yeah, yeah there were some interesting finishes. Um, so, CO, we got Jacob Hetherington first, Mason Lane, Luke Cow, Dazi Zhang, Stephen Lutman. That is the order top five for CO. All right, so limited, we had uh, Shane Coley, Blake McGez, John Browning, uh, Sean Hines, I think they pronounce that and Jack Brown. So is, is Jack Jack's the older one, right? Yeah, Jack's Jack's the better Brown. Was well, I thought Brown. I thought the younger one was better. Well, whatever one is currently winning is not the better one. So I always tell the one that's currently losing that he's better. Oh, so, okay. So now Scott's the better one. But Scott has kind of gotten the better of his older brother this year more often, right? Uh, I don't know how many times Scott's won. It's more than Jack, but Jack has two this year now. Two majors. I don't know about locals. So, like, is does that get content? Like, you you know them. Does does that get contentious? Because <laughs> if it had been like me and my brother at their age, like, I like it could have been yeah, ugly. They're they're nothing like at least not publicly. They're nothing like me and my brother would have been. Uh, they're both they're both good kids. I mean, I still call them kids. Jack, I think, is about to turn 18, and I think Scott's about to turn, like, 15 or 16. But uh, I'm sure Jack is more mature than you are. Yeah, they're definitely more mature than I was at their age. Uh, They're they're both pretty good shooters. Uh, They continue getting better, so. No, they've shot some really – they have shot some really good matches this year. Scott Uh, Scott has been on a roll. He's been shooting well. Yeah, they've had some really good placements. I'm looking forward to see what they do at Nationals. Open – I mean, Christian Seiler just 
the dude is like he's on a different level right now. He's he he won by over ten percent. Uh, I, I want to put one thing out on Christian's win. He won every stage. Like it was a very strong finish. I did not s- see that he won. Holy cow! He he won every single stage except Chrono. He was only ninety one percent at Chrono. Jeez. Um, I don't think I've ever seen somebody in a major division win every single stage at an area match. That's uh, that's impressive. Um, and, and there was three other top sixteen guys there, so it wasn't like there was no one there. Right, like that. Yeah. Um, a Eddins. I don't know what his first name is. Aaron. But didn't I? Didn't he? He won an an area match earlier this year, didn't he? Am I am I remembering wrong? I kind of feel uh, I, like maybe he did. I don't. I don't know. Um, I I could be wrong. D Bradley, which I don't. I'm not sure. Are you are you not on the app? Uh, so no. it, it's it's Aaron, Edens, Dexter Bradley, Craig Tappy, Caleb Patterson, Khalid. He was fifth. Khalid, Khalid. Yeah, he was fifth. He Is shot that- real. He shot really good the first day, and, and he finished pretty well. That's got to be like his best area finish. I feel like uh, it was definitely the best I've seen him shoot. And and I think uh, the percentage might look a little lower than he really shot just because Christian was so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, for sure. But and Caleb did win master, which I know, like, I know Caleb's excited about that, and that's cool. Um, I'm glad, glad he shot a good match. So I'm looking for it. Hopefully, he'll have a good nationals too. I think. Um, so yeah, so that leads us into that leads us into nationals predictions. And Hold I guess up. you didn't do the other divisions. There's other divisions. So, all right, single stack. I got Tim Heron one single oh, stack. Yeah, home homeboy Tim one one single stack by like thirty six percent. That's yeah. That's why I didn't go there. Thirty six percent. Tim Tim Mitch Gibson. Joe, hey, Joe Riley won revolver. There's only nine people. I think you can just call out first place on that one. Uh, Tim Heron. One single stack. Okay. Joe Riley won revolver. He beat nobody. T- uh, did they have a trophy for that? Tell me they didn't. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Uh, production. He was the only revolver. Jeff Cawthon. Roman Vrublevsky. Uh, I guess PCC is semi-interesting. Uh, obviously, Max Legrandis dominated. Uh, Grant Kunkel was very close to him, though. In comparison, honestly, that actually is somewhat surprising. That uh, I mean, Max was only was less than five percent, so that's that's pretty good. And, Andre DeSanto shot pretty well, ninety one percent. I think he's uh, yeah, he's one of the Minnesota guys. Pretty good shooter. Uh, Justine Williams was fourth, and one of the Oklahoma guys, Ian Zacher, was fifth. There you go, there you go, and I won production. It's all that matters, Jeff. Yeah, we already talked about all that, that Jeff. Nobody cares. No, it was Jeff Cawthon, Roman Vrublevsky, Jared Fox, Brett Thomas, Rosen, Kristoff. That's it. All right, let's do it. Nationals. Nationals. Which division do you want to start on? Open. All right, so open division. Who are the Who are the contenders? I'll tell you what, after... And then we'll what, give our top threes. 
Okay, right. so well, let's look at like top ten from last year first. Christian Saylor. Isn't it Siler? Is yeah, it Siler. is it it's Siler, S- right? Siler, yeah. Yeah, he's he's not in the Navy, Jeff. Christian Siler. Simon Joseph Rakaza. Casey Eusebio. Got third place. Cody Baker. Lescar Murdoch. John Vliger. Andrew Hyder, William Drummond, Brian Jones, Aaron Eden, Edens. Edens? Edens? I think it's Edens. Yeah. Okay. So that was uh that was top ten last year. All right. Twenty twenty. So I I'll, I'll give you the super squad this year. So that should tell us who out of the top ten is returning. Uh we got Spencer Stein, Christian Seiler, JJ, Lescar Murdoch, Aaron Edens, John. Is it Vliger, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Think okay. Brian Jones, Jacob Taylor, Shannon Smith, Chris Tilly, Dexter Bradley, Casey. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, let's just do top five. Ah, right, let's just let's do top three. Who cares about top five? Top three. Yeah. Top, top three. three. Top three. Yeah. Top three. Uh, why don't you go first, uh, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, is anybody not picking Christian to win? Uh, you'd be dumb to pick anybody else based on Area yeah. Four performance alone. I mean, Area yeah. Four and and uh, they Georgia. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he shot Georgia, and then JJ shot a match because I mean, it's been it's been a two horse race for the past two years or three years, right? I mean, it's been JJ yeah. and Christian for the past couple of years, yeah. but. Man, JJ just had a match, and I don't, I don't know if he had gun problems. I don't know something, but he was, it was it area one. I can't oh, remember yeah. area yeah, one, was. and he was not. It wasn't close. Um, it was, it was a pretty, pretty good uh, thump in there. So, dude, uh, if there's anybody who's gonna show up unprepared and have issues, it's gonna be JJ. <laughs> that's that's a fairly fair statement. <laughs> Yeah, and if there's anybody who's going to be dialed in and have all their shit figured out, it's going to be Christian. I mean, it, Christian does seem to be the way. Christian is shooting uh, an EMG. He's shooting one of Eddie's guns uh, this year. So, I mean, like his guns, his guns better in my opinion. Um, and he's sounds like his training from what he's saying is is better as well. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, and just just to point out, like you know, we talked about. Area uh, four being fairly difficult. I mean, he shot that match with a very sporting time, and he had fifty-five Charlies and four Deltas. Like it was, it was a, it was a strong, strong performance. All right, what's your prediction? I, I, I will take uh, Christian as my my first guy, and I think we're gonna mix it up this year. And I think somebody new is gonna be in second place. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Lescar, mm. Murdoch. Lescar. I don't know if he's ever been in the top three. <laughs> gonna be my gonna be my dark horse. He's, he's gonna be in second card. place. <laughs> and, and JJ is gonna be in third place. Okay. All right. Uh, I I'll go Christian, JJ. I mean JJ normally brings it for nationals, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against him right now. Um he did just win IDPA nationals, so that's 
that's good. Uh, and I, I mean, I'll go. I'll go a dark horse. I'll go John Vliger. Uh, yeah. Again, again, I I think we butcher his name all the time. I think it's Vliger, but I don't know. Um, but he's Vliger. He's maybe it's Vliger. Vliger. We'll just we'll just put the I and the E in there. We'll put them both in there. Um, right. Uh, he's had a he's had a pretty good year of shooting, and I, I think he won an area match earlier this year. He won a he won a major earlier this year that had some some really good competition at. Um, so he he may be he may be shooting really well right now. So I'll put him in third. Strong okay. shooter. All right, so I'm gonna go obviously Christian for first. Um, I think JJ is going to show up and have an issue. So, I mean, I don't even know if if the same people are shooting nationals. Is who's is Cody Baker shooting nationals? No, I didn't. I, what well, I'm only looking in the super squad. I do not see him registered in the super squad. And okay. uh, another well, normal was, super squad guy that's missing is uh, Andrew Hyder. So. I don't know right. if they're not shooting this year or they're not squatted or if they're just on a different squad or what. Okay. All right, here's mine. I'm going to go Christian. Then I'm going to go Vliger. Vliger. He's going to go second, yeah. And then I'm going to put – I'm actually going to put uh, Aaron Edens, third place. Aaron, solid. Interesting. It's a wild card. That's a – yeah, that's a wild card. <laughs> okay, it's out there. I know. Uh, all right, that's it. Limited. Open. Nobody's nobody's putting KC in their top three. No. Now he's, he's kind of been going off into the hunting world deal. I don't know how much he's been training with the the pistols. So. Yeah, he does yeah. seem to be too busy with his Texas safaris. Yeah, he's been doing the safaris and hunts and shooting tarses and all kinds of stuff. So. I'd be jealous of him if he didn't have to wear it if if it wasn't for the fact that he has to rep Taurus. I'm sure they, I'm sure they, I'm sure they pay him well for it. <laughs> Not enough. All right, what are we doing? Limited? Limited yeah, now? Yeah, let's do limited next. So you can read off last la, – just read off last year's top five, and then I'll read off the super squad, and then we'll pick. Okay, Mason Lane, John Browning, Shane Coley, Nils Johnson shooting minor, and Travis DeMossi. All right. Super squad this year, or that's registered so far. Shane, Nils, Travis DeMossi, Casey Reed, Paul Kerr, Phil Strader, Mason Lane, John Browning, Blake McGez, Nick Reynolds, Manny Bragg, and Jonathan Miller. Who's Jonathan Miller? I don't recognize the name. That's but interesting. He clearly, he clearly shot well last year. He's on the super squad this year. Yeah. Jeff, do you have him from last? Do you have last year's results? Uh, yeah, I do. Where was he at last year? Jonathan Miller. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying he's a bad shooter. I'm just, I've just never heard of the guy. An imposter, maybe? Hmm? Is it maybe a, uh... A code name? I don't see that. Yeah, it's a code name, dude. I don't see that name. He's been inserted as a spy. Interesting. Right. Yeah, he's not in the top 20. He's just there to keep that group in check. That's, That's interesting. Yeah, so they 
Yeah, we'll get more into the super squad selection, or at least who's shooting on the super squad. Uh, Cody would have been on the super squad, but he had to pull out for He's got a new job, right? So he withdrew yeah. from nationals. Yeah, because he was sixth place last year. Yeah. Um, so there was there was one spot. Maybe Jonathan Miller took his spot. Huh, so who's who's on it now, Sasquatch? Who's on this year's? Did you already read that? Yes. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, you just did. I'm sorry. I was I got last year's and this year's mixed up. Limited. Who's gonna win it? All right, Jeff, you pick first. Me first. Um. Okay. Is Nils shooting major? We don't Nils know. Is not, we don't. Yeah, we got no idea. If, is Nils even registered? He is. He's on the super cross, but we we don't know if he's major or minor. It's hard telling. That's tough. If he's major, obviously he's a strong pick. If he's shooting minor, yeah, not my first pick. I think I think Nils is going to show up, and I think he's going to shoot major, and I think he's going to win. Didn't they come out Boom. with the forty cal canic? I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. I it seems they... like I heard some whispers in the winds. Somewhere. Oh, but it's not like it's not like official yet. Yeah, but it's limited, so you can shoot whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's true or not, but. There you go. I'm just gonna do wild cards. The whole, the whole freaking predictions deal. All top uh, three. You're going wild cards. You can pick in Jonathan Miller. <laughs> no, that's not a real person. Um, <laughs> Nils Johnson for the win. Uh, and there you go. There's my uh, because I picked him to not be in the top three for production, and then he won it. So uh, top top shooter here, Nils. Nils is gonna win it. Followed by Browning. Oh, this is tough. And then Tomasi. Ooh, I like that. Interesting. Uh, is is Mason signed up for limited? Yes, yeah. he is. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little uh, wild here. I'm gonna assume Nils is shooting minor, so he's not my pick to win. Oh, I thought you were gonna pick him to win shooting minor. No, that would be highly unlikely. He got I think, close last year. I think John Browning comes in with the win this year. Oh, he stole mine. I think he comes in with the win. And and I think Travis Tomasi shoots very strong and takes second. And I'll take Mason Lane for third. Man, I could have gone real close to that to that three. My sense is that Mason is not quite where he was last year with his shooting. Like he just got married and I don't know. I just get a sense that he's not quite where he was last year. Well, also he'll be on the super squad this year with super squad pressure and he was on his own last year. True. And that, that some people that helps, some people that hurts. Uh, I don't yeah. I don't really know where Mason falls on that. Um, I'm not saying Mason is shooting poorly. Obviously the guy is shooting really, really well. But yeah. I feel like he's – I just – again, this is totally my sense of it. Um, I feel like he's a little bit off. So, I'm not going to pick Mason to win. Um, I The guy that I would like to see win that match would be John Browning. Like, the dude's been consistently in that top five, top three for yeah. years, years, uh, and just hasn't just hasn't won it. And, like, I – I'm gonna, I'm gonna, even though Sasquatch already picked him, I'm gonna pick him to win. Second place, it, like if I knew if Nils was shooting major, I'd probably put Nils in second. 
but I don't, I don't know. Uh, and Shane Coley, like the dude is hot and cold, but you normally nationals, he, he normally brings it for nationals. Um, who else am I missing in that? Blake Miguez is, I mean, Blake shot well at area four. I mean, he was with less than 2% from Shane, I think at area four. Yeah. And the big thing you have to have to remember in limited is, like they're like limit is probably one of the most spread out divisions of number of guys shooting that can normally win the match. Like yeah, it's, it's certainly sure. it's certainly one of the divisions that I always see. It's like you know we're open. You're like ah, oh, to be this guy or this guy. Like limited, you're like man, eh, it could be any of this five. Yeah, yeah. No, and I don't know I with limited if that's because because it's that much deeper, or you just don't have that. You don't have that Christian Seiler in limited that's just dominant, like just really, really dominant at the moment um, to pick him. So, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of interesting because Nils used to be that guy. Like Nils yeah, was the guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You used to always pick Nils to win limited. I mean, he didn't win it every year, but you picked him pretty much. Yeah, but, but like, I mean, even when, he, even when he was winning, though, it wasn't like a Christian level of domination. I mean, like, like Shane or somebody would sneak a, you know, an area win above him or – or something, but like I mean, Christian's been pretty unstoppable. So I think they're very different divisions, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe irons and you know, no compensator and stuff keeps stuff closer. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm not really I'm really not sure. Um, and I'm trying to I'm pretty much stalling for time because I I haven't decided on who I'm gonna pick. But we're gonna go John Browning uh, second. I'll pick I'll put Nils in second because. He's just hard to he's hard not to put in there. And are you know why you picked him for second? Because Jessica's listening. She's gonna chew your ass if you didn't put him in the top three. I ain't scared of Jessica. <laughs> she don't scare me. She's a big softy. Uh and I'll put I'll put Shane third. It's I kinda it's almost like I feel like I'm going like chalk almost, but like I'll put Shane in third and we'll see see how that pans out. Okay. I like it. Dude, we're going to have to go five in CO. We're going to have to go five. The, I, I'm going I'm to say right now, like, the the top 20 in CO is going to be a very stacked field. There's just there's a lot, like you keep saying, there's a lot of really good up-and-coming guys shooting CO. Like, there's just a ton of people that you might not really know the name yet, but there's a lot of good shooters in the division. Yeah. So let's uh, let's – before we do our prediction, CEO, let's read off the super squad. Jared, if you will read off the super squad for CEO for this year. All right. So anybody that I butcher your name, I apologize. Head time. We got Nick Walden. Uh, he's kind of a semi-local guy. He's like up in South or North Dakota. I've shot with him uh, or shot at the same matches him a few times around here. He's been shooting pretty strong this year. Uh, Jeff Emrick or Emrich, Luke Kao. Lane Grice, which is uh, a semi-local guy. He's up in the Omaha area. Shot with him this weekend. Wanzik Kim, Trace Decker, Jason Bradley. Shot with him this weekend, too. Or at Area 4 with him. Talked to him. I think everyone probably knows him. Sean Griffith and John Vilger. Vilger, I'm not sure how we pronounce his name. I should probably ask him. That's Super Squad so far. What was last year's Nationals called? Uh, I don't know. High cap, wasn't it? Oh, wait. No. Because it wasn't bring- race gun. No, I'll, I'll bring it up in the competitor app. Hang on. I don't remember. So you can search You can search by a person's name, so it's easy to find. 
It was factory gun. Factory gun nationals. Factory gun. So, okay. while Jeff's clickety-clacketing on his fancy little keyboard there. <laughs> Can y'all hear all it? Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Is it all lit up? That. Is it all lit up like rainbow colored still? All right. So, here here's the here's the top guys from Carry Optics last year. Uh, we got first place Max Michelle, second place Jason Bradley, third place Wanda Kim, Sean Griffith, Jay Beal, Lane Grice, Jeff Emmerich, Casey Acebo, Austin Aris, John Fligger, Travis McCamish, I guess, I think, Lukeo, Brian Nelson, Nick Walden, Justin Ferrer, and Tom Castro. That was the top 16 there last year. Okay. So Tom Castro just won an area match. Okay. Okay. Who's going so, first? Okay. So interesting. Before we get to predictions, I think there's a little bit more discussion about the super squad. So the probably the four people that I would pick to be winning this match are not on the super squad. Right? Yeah. Of course, so, the biggest omission is that Max Michelle is not on the super squad. Uh-huh. And, has and removed he, himself somehow. And he has won several times in a row. Um, so how do you guys feel about a Max Michelle who has won the match every time it's in existence, not being on the super squad? So not, and not just him, but, uh, also from previous ones too, or I guess Nils didn't shoot it last year, so it's understandable he wouldn't be on it, but the, yeah. the squad that Max is on has the following people in it. Uh, Kaylee Lane, David Murphy, Ronald Francisco, Phil Strader, Mason Lane, Blake McGuez, Nils Johnson, Max Michelle, Stephen Lutman, Clint Upchurch, Shane Coley, and JJ. So it is certainly a super squad level super or squad, but I do think it's it's probably a, a good case of USPSA failing to put the right people on the like the right mix of people on the super squad in. Carry Optics is probably the worst one for it just because there's so many up-and-coming guys and then they keep making more and more nationals, so everyone's shooting more nationals. So you have a bunch of legit guys that should be on there that didn't get to shoot it last year, such as like Mason or or Blake or Shane. They shot other divisions last year at the same time. So is JJ shooting Carry Optics? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically what I'm getting to is my mixed feelings on it is like Max is still on a super squad level squad. Like the shooters on it are, are super squad dudes, but it's not good for the sport that it's spread like that. One, I think, I think if it needs to be, they ought to do a super squad A and B and put them on very close to the same schedule. Cause that way everyone's shooting in the same conditions and everything too makes it easier for like shooting USA and media and stuff like that to get, get video, which is good for the sport as well. Yeah. So this, like this brings up the discussion of how USPSA decides who is on the super squad. Um, in the past few years, they've gone to basically just order a finish from the previous year. Prior to that, the super squad was basically, are you a known name in in shooting, if you are, then you get on a super squad or are you buddies with uh, the person who's picking that and they'll just put you on the super squad um, and with some sort of prior performance, sometimes being, sometimes you get somebody that, you know, finished top five the year before. It's like, okay, we got, we better put them on the super squad. Um, 
and there are complaints with both sides, right? Like there's there's complaints with the with the the buddy system, and they're like, okay, you just have the same old people that just have their buddies together, and so they're just shooting on the super squad together. Um, and so then somebody who's really good and should be on there is, but maybe not have the name the recognition. They're not they're not getting on it. Um, whereas now we've run into the situation with we have we have a super squad and like there's a really good chance that none of the top five shooters in carry optics are going to come off of the super squad. Yeah. Like that, like that's a very real possibility based on who you read off that is on Max's squad. Is, uh, was Jacob in that squad? Jacob. Hetherington. Was he on no, Max's squad? Uh, I don't think Jacob is registered. I don't think he's uh, going to make it to carry optics nationals. What? I don't see him registered. I would, I, I would be shocked if he's not yeah. at CO Nationals. I will be shocked. Yeah, that like that. Yeah, the, unless there's maybe if there's some three gun national world shoot something that's going on that weekend, like he's been shoot. But otherwise, I would be very shocked if he wasn't there. Um. So, like, to me, like, the part of where USPSA is messing up and a little bit my frustration with them, if you're going to go by just using the previous year's nationals, then you need to have some more consistency in how your nationals are set up every year. That, like, so that you do have, because right now their nationals are different every year and they're paired differently, like, as far as. Like they'll put CO with production or they'll put CO with open or CO with, you know, they're putting them with different divisions all the time. And so then you have different people shooting it from year to year to year, which is you're going to have some of that people swapping divisions. But some of it's just because USPSA is just they change everything every year. And so I think having a little bit more consistency would be good. Um, But they're also also at some point when you're having when you're forming your super squad, like there there does need to be some sort of looking at okay Nils Jonasson should be on the super squad like I don't I don't really care what division it is like he's freaking Nils like any division he's at you just put him on the super squad like yeah and I and okay. I don't think there should be an option to jump off of it like to me the point of the super squad is your your job is to get the 10 best people, the 10 or 12 people who are most likely to win the match and put them all on the same squad so they all shoot under the same conditions. They're all like everything's as, as close as possible for the people who are on that squad. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what they have done at this match. They're just like kind of not really saying that's what they're doing, right? I mean, everybody, the like basically the top, Five ish um, are on a squad together, and, yeah. But they're just be like, "Oh yeah, this is the super squad," but not really. So you guys just pretend you're the super squad. It it's kind of a slap in the face, I think. Well, that, and that's what I meant. It's kind of a failure on USPSA's part to not have done it right to begin with. Well, yeah, and then if you're if you're on the actual super squad and you're like, oh, like say you made like it's your first, yes, I made it to the super squad this year, and then you get there and it's like, oh, none of the actual yeah. super squad people are here. 
Yeah, they're so all on, they're all on another squad. Like they should just bump they should just bump people out and put those people in the super squad. Like forget about their feelings. Like who cares? Put the good people in there and bump people out the bottom. Make it the yep. super squad. I think you create. I think you create extra problems doing that. I think you pick like a flat number that's like if you finish this position through this position, you are on the super squad regardless. You're you have to shoot on this squad. There's no way around it. So pick where you want that to go back through. Is it the top six from the previous year? Is it the top eight? Whatever. And then you leave like four spots open for anybody that should be on there that wouldn't be on there for one reason or another, which would probably cover you most years. And then you also have a super squad B. If you like CO, they should have had a super squad A and B just from the get go. Yeah, this year they definitely on CO, they definitely could have fielded two super squads. So it's it's certainly a mistake on their part not doing that, but I think I think there needs to at least be some like level that's like if you finish this position, you're making the super squad regardless. Like whether so, it be fifth, eighth, twelfth, whatever, just like have a have a clear cut and then leave them some room to pick options. Where you know, in a case like this, where like obviously JJ and Nils should just be moved to it. So I would. I like that idea. Like I like your, I like the idea of being able to earn your way on a super squad. I think that's a good thing. Um, well, you, you prevent the buddy system from ever coming back. Of, uh, well, you're my buddy. You should, you should be on here. Right. Or, or um, I don't really like this guy, even though he got, you know, fifth last year, we're just gonna, we're gonna throw him back, you know, to a regular squad. Yeah. I would like to see it be more a percentage rather than a placement. Because, I mean, we've had play, like, I mean, you've had CO. I mean, CO has been, until this year, has been fairly weak as far as like extreme, like, you have a couple guys that are really close and then massive drop offs. Um, like a guy that finishes, he could finish seventh, but he's at, if he's at 87%, like, he's not, he wasn't actually contending to win that match. Um, and so, like, so I, I think like you can make a percentage if you finish within 94% you're automatically on the super squad and then we'll put any other obvious people on that. And then after that, we'll go order a finish. Yeah. And, and like one easy way for like obvious ones to be, if you've won a nationals in the last five or 10 years, regardless of division, 10's too long. What? 10's too far. Okay. Last five years, regardless of division, like you obviously belong on the super squad, even if it is a division, you don't normally shoot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would make that a rule uh, necessarily. It'd but. be an easy way to pick though who who gets shoved there. It would it would cover all your contenders that aren't currently on it though. I mean, but is that is it really that hard to figure out who like if you're fo- like if you're following the sport even as much as we do, uh, like in the commentary that we do just for this podcast, like we have a pretty good idea of who has done something in carry optics this year. Like you know pretty well who's doing well in it, and then yeah, you can figure okay, JJ, uh, yeah, he's probably going to do. Pre- he hasn't really. Sh- I don't know that he shot CO in a gun in a match this year, but he's probably going to do pretty good. Well, but the the plus side though, if you do it some, if you do some way like that, is that you you have a clear cut set of directions, so it's not left to interpretation. Because I mean, we we've seen what's happened when when everything's left to interpretation around USPSA. Look where we're at with production. Yeah, I mean, I I think there should be some. I think there should be room for some interpretation. 
Okay. Y'all are rambling. All right, let's, let's get, 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 get to the predictions. That's yes, a long one. All right, all right. I'll go first. So for carry optics, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Max Michelle to continue on his winning. I think it would be uh, a smart choice. I'm gonna take uh, Mason Lane for second. And I think I think Nils is gonna be third. We're going to five. You gotta go to five for CO. Shoot, that's tough. Okay. Uh I gotta go to five. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna grab JJ and uh Jason Bradley to round out my top five. Interesting. Because Jason, I mean Jason finished second last year, but this year his mass performances haven't been quite at that same level this year. I think I think Jason will shoot strong at nationals. I know Jason will shoot strong at nationals. So are you assuming Jacob Hetherington is not are you are you not considering Jacob Hetherington? No, I couldn't find him when I searched his name, so so it does not appear that he's registered. Jeff? Uh I think Jacob's gonna be there. So I'm gonna pick Jacob for number one. I'm gonna pick Max for a close two. Then I'm going to throw in... Nails or Mason? Yeah. Well, JJ's shooting it too, right? Yeah, JJ too. Yeah. All right, then I'm going to throw in Nils, Mason, JJ. Yeah, so like my top four would be Jacob, Max, Nils, Mason. Uh, And... I don't like honestly. I think you can flip a coin because I think they've all gone back and forth this year. Yeah, as far as who has won, um, like Mason, Mason did like the match. I think that Mason and Max shot together. Mason was like two points away or something like that. I mean, it was it was yeah. unbelievably close. Uh, yeah. I mean, so it's it's really a flip a coin. I mean, probably the smart money is Max to win, but Dad Gilman, I want somebody other than Max to win, so I'm not going to pick yeah. Max to win. I'm gonna put Max in third. I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick him for third. What? Uh, yeah, Max is going in third place. Gasp. Uh, I'll put Nils in first place. Nils. Uh, yeah. I'll put Nils in first. Um, Jacob second. Max third. Mason fourth. And yeah, I'd probably put JJ fifth too. I don't, I don't see anybody else yeah. jumping up in front of him. It's it's tough between Jacob and Nils, I think. And I mean, I think I also think Mason could come in and win it. Honestly, oh, for but sure. I think, yeah, but I think Mason is a little bit less consistent. Than than Jacob and Nils, um, it's like when he's on, he's probably going to win. Uh, if he comes in on, he's he's going to win it, I think. But I don't I don't know if he will. Um, so yeah, that's why I had picked it the way I did. Yeah, I kind of feel that I kind of feel that same way about Jacob and Mason. Like both of them, I feel like man, if if either one of them have just like a good match, then they're going to win. Yeah. Uh. I feel like with Nils and Max, like been there, done that. Like they know how to win nationals a bit. I mean, Mason and Jacob both have both won a nationals, right? But not as many as 
Mills and Max have. Um, yeah, yeah. And so maybe, may I don't know, maybe I'm putting a little bit of bias on that yeah. by picking picking Mills. A lot of value and experience. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. That's what I'm picking. I did not write any of that down, but I will go back <laughs> and listen to it and, and write it down so that after nationals we can go back and and laugh about our abysmal predictions i look forward <laughs> to hearing the nationals recap all right and also one last thing too uh, i had a couple people at area four say they enjoyed the podcast appreciate you guys uh coming up and mentioning it so thanks for listening definitely it's always a pleasure meeting people that listen <coughs> oh god sorry Choked on a bourbon there. I mean, we forgot to introduce drinks. Oh, yeah. What are you having tonight, boys? Dropping the ball. Kentucky Spirit. Kentucky Spirit's a good one. Jeff? I really like it. Um, I'm drinking Rare Breed. Yeah. I'm almost out. I'm going to have to go get a new bottle of something. Both both of you are drinking wild turkey. Dad gum, I should have had some turkey tonight. I'm almost out of everything. So you should get get something. You should get you some Kentucky Spirit, Jeff. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. I really like the Kentucky Spirit. In fact, I think next time I'm on my way home from the shooting range, I'm going to buy another bottle, and I'm not even out yet. It's it's a really good one. It's a single barrel product, so like they can be different from bottle to bottle. Um, but yeah, it's I mean they're normally pretty consistent. But that one's that's a really good one. I've got some E. H. Taylor single barrel, which is mm. really good. Good stuff. Don't know what that is, but awesome, awesome. Anybody, that, anybody that's like into bourbon, they'll know what that is. Sure, they will. Yeah, I feel like I had something else. I feel like I had something else to say about Area Four. Maybe it was a shout out. Oh, I did have a shout out. At least one shout out. Maybe two shout outs. Uh, shout out. I wanted to shout out a local guy, Oklahoma guy, started a bullet company, gave me some samples. Uh, just, he's trying to get up and going. He's got another, he's making bullets, coating them with the high tech coating. There's a few companies out there doing that. Uh, his company is Rubens Reloading. Rubens Reloading. Yeah. Did you not tell him that he should sponsor the podcast? Um, no, I didn't tell him he should sponsor the podcast. (laughs) We'll give him we'll give him ad reads every single podcast if he wants to send us some bullets. There you go. No, Come no, no. Tell, yeah. him to, tell him to send primers. Yeah. Yeah, and it, he is trying to pick up some uh like he's trying to be a, a dealer or a retailer for for powder and primers and stuff like that. So I don't know that he's fully up and going yet, but he's working on doing all that stuff. Uh, but he's making bullets. He's selling them. He's apparently shipping next day. So I know there's some some other companies out there right now that have stopped taking orders. Some are like eight weeks out. If you're needing bullets, look him up. Ruben's reloading or Ruben's Jeff's loading. over here giving advertisements for free. Like we could have got something out of that, Jeff. Yeah. Well, I shoot with him, and I'm okay with. He's a nice guy, and he shoots good. So there it is. We don't give a lot of shout outs, but. Nice dude. No, we don't. Sounds and like he drove dude. like three hours to a match just to give somebody their bullets, like a local. Wow, that's cool. So he's like he's hustling to get his his business going, yeah. right? No, um, that's great. So yeah, I'll keep okay. that in mind when I need to try some more bullets. I'll grab a case and see if they shoot good. Yeah, do it. Awesome, okay. great that's podcast. 
wrapping it up. That's it. Peace. Oh, stop recording, damn it.